I will say this about the Lions head coach. His name is Dan Campbell. He's got a nickname, Dan Talica, because he's such a big Metallica fan. You know what? So, I knew I liked him. Okay, cool your jets here. Okay, Metallica, still a little dude. fresh. I understand that. I love Metallica too. And they also call him MCDC, you know, ACDC, but they call him Motor City, Dan Campbell. I like They're that. a classic rock fan. So how do you not like the guy? But he just beat my team. So I, I've, he's on my naughty list right now. I don't like, I don't like him fair. right now, but I want him to be coach of the year one and day. And to be fair, I, you know, with like coal prices and energy prices being what they are, he'd probably welcome the coal over other gifts from Santa or from, from, from St. Aaron's naughty list. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, here's a precious commodity. <laughs> Deal with Go it. nuts. Yeah, exactly. This is a Coach of the Year trophy from me. Did you know that over $5 trillion exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over $220 billion an hour. Now, how does this much money move every single day, and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkonomics, two bartenders who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business are going to sit down and drink to the global economy. And try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one, and have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. Guys, welcome back to Drunkonomics, the drinking podcast with the economics problem. And Merry Christmas to this in this gracious Christmas week. So Chris, Merry Christmas Eve yeah. Eve, or Christmas Eve, or Christmas, depending on the editing schedule. The Eve of Eve of the Eve of Christmas Eve. Also distinctly right? possible. Whenever you're hearing, Whenever this, you're hearing this, this is our Christmas presentation. This is the Christmas special. Yes. Uh, not the final episode of the year. But What's the Eve really of the close. final presentation of the year? How about that? It's final episode Eve. Huh? Very final episode yes. Eve, everyone. Exactly. And I can't believe... I I can't believe this year's almost over. I seriously can't, I can't believe it. Either. This it's is been insane. A, it's been a wild ride. Yeah, getting old Just sucks. Ask the Vix. Um, uh, why'd you bring that up? Wow. Okay, fine. Because yes, I have. Please introduce to. yourself. By the power we vested with the Vix, I remain for the third week, fourth week running. You're more gracious. Yes, it is. Well, because two weeks ago it stayed right above 18. Remember, and then That's last right, week was barely. above. The last week was 20, 20, and then now it's 22 something. Whatever it is. Happy graceful host day. Whatever exactly. it is. Exactly. So here on this on this final episode of Eve, I am your more gracious host, James Goldwater. <laughs> and maybe getting used to being the less gracious host is Aaron Wong. I'm not getting used to it though. I'm just the times I'm not as graceful. I don't really remember it because it's. More like four shots before the mic is hot. So <laughs> well, I'll admit it. It's, yeah. You know, I I totally get it. I, I yeah. when you're in the weird spot, it takes a while to get your head to get yourself into the right headspace. It really it's is. Took, it's yeah. taken me three weeks. I'm kind of used to it. Yeah, I was there gonna say, are, are you uh, getting used to being more graceful? Sort of. It's you know, it's not it's not natural, nice. but I feel less uncomfortable. Yeah, that way. So uh, thank God for the volatility index. Um, apparently it's a good time to sell options. I don't know if that's something you're into or not. Uh, you know, um, end of the, it's the end of the year. So you got people moving cash, cat, legitimately cashing out positions to go into next yeah. year. So it's all on this year's tax bill. Yeah, you exactly. You ask Elon Musk and stuff. Yes. Yeah. People like that. But before we get into that, let's give ourselves a quick little social media shout out, mention whatever you want to call it at Drunkonomical, D-R-U-N-K-U-N-O-M-I-C-A-L. That is us on the, in the metaverse, metaverse. Absolutely. In the metaverse. Really, or at least on, on Facebook. Or in? What, I, what is it? I think I don't it's know. in. Okay. I think it should be in. I think in. it should be in too, but to me, I don't really want to be in it, but I don't know. I, I, I'm i kind of stuck on this. You know, I have it no sucks, idea. It sucks verse. We're all just in it. Yeah, exactly. Well, to me, I don't know if it's like the internet in the 1990s. Ooh, because so you're online. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Either way, whatever. Well, either Drunk way, you guys make it. We should start a poll. You guys... <laughs> 
You guys let us know what you think at uh, Drunkonomical on what Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Twitter not being part of the metaverse, and then yes. also there, at, there's the link to our Discord. You can join the so, join the real conversation. The not that yeah. there other places don't have real conversations. Well, on, the, on this Discord channel, you can at least collaborate with other econoholics, drinkonomists, whatever you want to do it. Whatever you want to call yourself, whatever you want to call yourself, whatever side of the fence you're on, you can collaborate. Then you can ask for bourbon scotch recommendations. Maybe that should maybe that advice. should be a poll. We start a poll. We start which one of us is the drink economist and which one of us is the econoholic yeah. I, then I don't we get know to lead the, and, then, and then you can kind of then, determine well, whatever exactly I guess, I guess it depends on where the VIX is at let's just do that let's, let's 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 just depend like crazy on the volatility index I feel like if the VIX gets high <laughs> enough we like when the VIX is flirting with 18 we're all drinkonomists and when the VIX gets up around 70 we're all econoholics yeah I think it's at that point like, we just have to happening? be but yeah join the conversation uh ask each other for bourbon scotch recommendations uh, mm-hmm. Talk about trading. Talk about options, technical analysis, fundamental analysis. And remember, uh, guys, entry, exit points. It's not financial advice. Not it's financial just a conversation. Advice. It's just a conversation. Um, it's just an observation, and let it be that, and that alone. And, and so, if you trade we, futures, let me know because I I like yeah, I'm fascinated. With I love futures. options and what they represent. Maybe yeah, I'm, I'm a little, little more cons- maybe I'm a little more conservative when it comes to like what I look at because I understand you can make a lot of money playing options games, but it's like well, I, I mean, don't. this is the thing is I, I'm a little bit crazy, right? So do you think it's going to be le- more or less volatile? And do you and, exactly I mean, how much time do you have? That's the other thing. Those are the questions. Are the, I mean, it comes down to way more than that, but well, I like to kind of look absolutely. at it from those. Let's, let's let's have that approach first. Let's answer those questions. Yeah, those are the basic, and then it's and it's okay. Look, what do we do about it? Yeah, and then what's your price target? You know, which is also a very important question. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to talk about off for too much because. That's not nah, we, subject. We don't want to talk about we don't, despite the fact. Here's your Christmas fact for, for this episode. Please. Despite the fact that Saint Nicholas, from whom we derive Santa Claus, was a Greek bishop, we don't uh, want to talk about the Greeks tonight. Yes, we don't want to talk about the Greeks. There's your as Christmas. Much as I fact. really want to, but I don't want yeah, to. It's it's because, uh, it can yeah, be a slog. Exactly because what happened last week, I think, is just from an economical standpoint, from a thirty thousand foot view thing perspective, whatever you want to call it, it's pretty nuts. I want to start by I think the most obvious one, in my opinion. Is the House passing the debt ceiling increase yeah, thing? Yeah, passed, passed the 2022 is. election. The House passed it, and they got to the Senate, and obviously passed through the Senate with flying colors. Love spending money, those guys. Yeah, yeah did Joe Biden sign it? I don't know. Yeah, did, of done. course he did, it's obviously. I know. Yeah. Of course he did. There's no way he's not going to sign it. Well, I don't so, know, guys. Why yeah. are you giving money? Well, I don't get it. That was an okay impression. All right. You get a five out of 10 on that. Well, I don't think I've heard him speak that much since he's been elected. Frankly, <laughs> I haven't been paying honest, attention either. I don't. Yeah. Besides the point, the debt ceiling yep. got increased. Which, um, so there's, we have a question so, in the Discord that I kind of want to address. I think this may be the appropriate time since it's the debt, it was because of the debt ceiling that these things were occurring. But we have a yep. question from Gitto163 who's asking, um, uh, could we kind of explain how the extraordinary measures of the Treasury Department were being taken during the when the debt ceiling was in doubt? Kind of the question. next question being, does it affect the Fed's ability to buy back bonds? No, it doesn't. The Fed and the Treasury are two very separate entities. So the yeah. Fed can do to an extent what it likes. Um, it's not bound by the Treasury. If it was the Bank of the United States, it's a totally different question. So that's not an issue. Mm. So what does it do to the Treasury, though? Yeah. It affected the Treasury's ability to issue bonds. I mean, so I guess in that respect, it would have affected the Fed's ability to buy bonds only because there weren't new bonds being made or being, being issued. issued. Because, I mean, essentially what the debt ceiling is doing, like them lifting it by two and a half trillion dollars, what it essentially is doing is it's basically going like, okay, 
You have a credit card with Discover and you've maxed that one limit. out. I mean, yeah, they raise your limit technically. Yeah, you can look at it that way. But at the same time, you can also just look at it like, okay, I got an American Express card. Now I have another line of credit. Well, yeah, to me, it's so, they've raised your, to me, it's that credit, it's the same credit card. They've raised your limit. Like they went, from, oh, you were. But there's different rates. So that, that's the reason why I say that. Yes. So, it allows you, essentially what it just says is you're allowed to borrow more money. Yeah. So I guess in the sense, like, yeah, it, being able to borrow more money is going to make you better at paying off old money. In theory, allows you, know? you to pay like, off. Like it'd be like yeah. you, but it'd be like you not getting paid. In probably, time. Yeah, no, it's not a good idea, but it'd be like you not getting paid in time and then, you know, your mortgage payment is due. So you take your credit card and just swipe it on the mortgage. So you just, you know, push it back another, you know, you're still in debt, right? But you're, instead of it's you owe where this guy, when you, you owe this person, yeah. Yeah, right? It's, it's so, to whom you're in debt and when it's due. Yeah, so you don't um, owe the title company money, you owe American yeah. Express or Discover Visa, or whoever you're money. talking to. So, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair. So what, what extraordinary measures was the Treasury taking? So the big one was Treasury has discretionary funds, which is to say essentially dollars sitting around for ambiguous purpose. It's 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 not specifically stated what the Treasury has to use that money for. It's it's left there for situations like this or other situations where just something where dollar amounts just aren't what where they were expected to be. And so it's like, well, we need to cover that. Boom, just out of the discretionary fund. That was mm-hmm. one thing they did. The next thing Treasury did was they stopped paying interest to the government. What do you mean by that? What do you mean so they stopped paying interest to the government? certain bonds we know are are held by the government. And they know exactly which bonds are held by who, right? So so they would essentially the government stopped paying its self-interest to free up that cash. To Why pay would you stop other- paying your self-interest though? Like, uh, I guess- because it's not from treasury to treasury. It's from like treasury to um, social security or treasury to um, the military retirement funds. Oh, so, so, it's treasury, like, so treasury is borrowing from social security or borrowing from military funds? Yeah, it, 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 essentially, give, it essentially gives them bonds and, and takes cash. Gotcha. And they always have been a social let security. Let me rephrase this. All these funds, all these, it's actually not, it's actually not the treasury doing that. It's all these funds buy treasuries because they understand that they don't need the cash that they have right now. They know that hmm. we need, we have, there's an amount they expect to pay out in a given year. And then they say, okay, pay, we know yeah. we're going to pay out. We have extra money sitting around. What should we do with it? Well, let's invest it. What do we invest it in? Something safe. Okay. So treasury. Oh yeah. So talking about like the big banks, hedge funds, those, those companies where they have to allocate a certain portion of their portfolio to those risk-free treasuries. Yeah. To, to balance the portfolio. So they do that. Well, the, yeah. well, like social security does that. That's where social security puts its money. Well, they, don't they have to do that? Yeah. Cause they're not, cause they're not allowed to invest in other things. Yeah, exactly. They can't buy anything else. I mean, they can't they buy munis too? Cause I know they, they have to buy uh, yeah, other government bonds. They can, but, the, but they put but, a lot of their money into government, into government bonds because they're safe. They're secure and it's the it's it's a little incestuous in that it's the government and the government it's very incestuous yes that's a great word to describe it's also risk unlike incest it's not this is risk-free for the okay wow okay that's a a very weird thing to say risk-free though that's um okay that's one way to look at it yeah but so so so, so they so they stopped paying out like coupons to like that and they or and, gotcha. and the treasury so they, also stopped putting like the, the treasury had money that it's supposed to put into retirement funds. It stopped doing that too. So who so it, is controlling? So instead of making so who, so who controls social security and where that money gets invested? Um, is it just it's is it another part of the government? Yeah, I want to say well yes, it's the social security administration. Okay, I say. so they're so pretty so much so just not, they're not making itself. any money. They're just they're letting their they're investing their money with the treasury. And that's just losing all of its buying power due to inflation. But that's just because yeah, but the Treasury is not paying back any any of their short-term loans with any interest. So the long-term loans are still making money on. Long-term loans are still making money on. Um, but the short-term, and the short-term loans, loans the that they're buying bills, right now, yeah, they're not they're not doing great. Now until two and years it's not from now. Only the Treasury that's in. And I'm sorry, it's not only the Social Security Administration that's in that boat in that particular boat. It's also okay. any life insurance company, any major insurance firm. Are, they're also in that boat. What's their exposure? 
Well, a lot of them use bonds, and so uh, to, a lot of them use bonds to. But the treasury can't not pay interest on those, right? Correct. What, I, what I'm saying, I suppose, what I'm saying is that those they've lowered the, the treasury's lowering its coupon rates, and so you've got these. So you've got bonds that are paying out not very much, and now you've got these companies that well, have I mean, kind of depended on bonds as a matter of, dry, of creating capital for yeah. them in a like way because they, they have yeah. to yeah some major life insurance companies because they can't well, just any insurance risk. company really any insurance honestly. company because you can't have huge risk on your books you have to have a yeah. lot to secure against your riskier investments so you have to use bonds for that you could use corporate you can mm-hmm. use treasuries and treasuries is safer yeah so they'll and, use a combination of course laddered so, out yeah. yeah so they're not going to yeah. only but but what i'm saying right now is that the bonds that they're buying now don't have that same return that historically they've had especially with times of inflation so you've got insurance companies that are just like social security, you're kind of hurting. Yeah, no. Well, but like T-bills have never had good returns. Like if you look at any, that, which bond is true, with, but but it's but it's worse than usual. Okay, yeah, that. I understand that. But I feel like a lot of them now are like it's it, it's so short term that I think now a lot of them are zero coupon. But basically, it's just like give us nine hundred sixty dollars now, we'll give you a thousand dollars a year from now, right? That's yeah. that's pretty much now the what issue is, is uh, what, yeah, now no. what happens is you you're right. It's only forty dollars. It might even be fifteen dollars a bond. But yeah, extrapolate that out over dollars, yeah. over hundreds of thousands, hundreds millions of, of billions, bonds. Suddenly, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's it is a dollars. It becomes a not insignificant amount of money. Yeah, exactly. And so, the social security pool is massive. It's like two trillion dollars yeah. or something like that. And it, or I, I oh, don't yeah. know. I mean, that's a guess. I mean, so that's a. And massive if you guys pool. are really worried about funding social security, and my view is there's, I kind of have two views on social security right now, and it's one I don't really expect to get any of it, and two, <laughs> if if we were really worried about funding it. We'd raise retirement age and we take the cap off of uh, the amount you pay in. Because right now, really? everything you make after one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year, you don't pay a penny of social security tax on. You don't put a is penny because, to support social security. Is it because after one hundred twenty-five thousand? Like, if you make one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year, the premise is you save enough money for retirement, so you don't need to dip into social security. So because you're probably not going to dip into as much social security, they're saying, okay, at this point, that's the government's logic of looking my, at it, right? I'd love so to. Th- I'd love point, to. Th- and, and my guess is, yeah, there is absolutely some logic to that. I'd love to think that, that was the pure, the pure logic of it, which was to say. If you make more than one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year, we're going to take money off of you for that first hundred twenty-five, and it's you're not going to get much back mm-hmm. because you're going to have enough that you should have saved for retirement privately. Keyword should, yes, exactly. But <laughs> I want us to come to that Burton donation. But so, uh, just I, I think really what it is, I think that when they wrote the law, they said one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Not very many people are going to make more money than that in a year. Well, so what's the so, point in going past yeah, that? No, I I, t- I hear you with that social security thing, but at the same time, like. It's, it's such a giant pool of money. I agree, like, and and, and, we my, and, and we don't use it. Like that's the thing is, like we don't, we're not spending it. Well, we are spending it's it. it. Remember, they bought know? treasuries, so the government borrowed against it to go do. Other I, things. I understand so that, but I, that, but that's what it's we're not using. A great. That's, I'm saying that the main purpose of the Social Security Fund right now is to like it, that's the pool of money that the government can borrow from if they need more money. That's really what it is right now. That's oh, like it's the, been, unfortunately, everybody, unfortunately, every department unfortunately been used borrows that, from that. Unfortunately, it's been used that way since Clinton. That's what I'm saying. It's been used like that for like 30 years. So I mean, yeah, it's not. I'm just. I'm, I'm just saying, I hear your argument, but I'm just saying like- No, I, I know. Social security, the purpose of social security right now in the role of the it's government- to, It's to backstop- is, It's to backstop, it's to backstop everything else. Debt. It's, it's no, you're, backstop you're not, education, you're not wrong. military, because it, I'm just Because saying. social security is consistently being paid into by your payroll taxes. That's yeah. why that, that's why it works that way. So, that, was, yeah. that went longer so that's, on that. That's just an interesting, interesting tangent. Just a little fun <laughs> fact about social security and you know the government you know using their all their lines of credit, all their mm-hmm. lines of credit that they could possibly use. And they're still finding more because why not? They haven't defaulted yet. Oh, that was, I, I probably should say yeah. I probably should say yeah. But yeah, well, you yeah. know, maybe never. Maybe the United States maybe, will maybe remain. Never. Maybe the Fed. I, I mean, mean the, we, the, we, luckily for us, we have the Federal Reserve that can just solve everything by doing something. It, 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 tapering, I feel like not this, is, this is a little heretical, maybe, but I kind of feel like maybe Jerome Powell's got more in common with the Pope than. Maybe I'd initially thought 
He's got. Uh, okay, please elaborate a little bit more. He's essentially the Pope of economics. <laughs> he um, he's no, dealing okay. he's dealing Fair with enough. everyone's garbage. He's got a bunch of people under him and in different countries that are really dependent on his decision making, even if they won't admit it. And uh, a lot of people are angry at him for not doing his job well. Well, I mean, I'll say this: I would love to have the opportunity to do a confession with Trump Powell. That'd be amazing. That that make my life. It would be very interesting. Why are you telling me this? I would. I felt like I needed to tell someone. And then the whole time I'm sitting in that little thing, whatever you call that thing, I'm confessional, just like, the, the confessional booth. room booth. Whatever you call it, say, I'm really scared. Inflation's running rampant. It's at 6.8% right now. What's going on? I didn't even Is buy the Is the Fed going to taper? And then all of a sudden, of course, they say, all right, $30 billion a month. We're going to taper by $30 billion a month, which means four months after they roll out this plan, the $120 billion taper thing that they already have going on. Or purchases be, a month is going to be yeah, down to uh, zero. It's going to be down to zero. So four months later, no more tapering. What exactly are they tapering anyways? Yeah, like you said, the Federal Reserve since COVID started has been buying like $120 billion. Fixed What's assets. It? What have they been buying? It's like- It's bonds and- But it's bonds and mortgage-backed securities. Yeah, bonds, so, like, so, so, mortgage back bonds. Sec- so mortgage-backed securities are bonds. So it's corporate bonds. I it's I essentially know. any script instrument. I understand. It's any script I understand instrument. the MBSs are pretty much, they're bonds. But yeah, so that's what they've been doing. Also, they've been buying yeah. bonds. But they're considered a different asset class and they're, they're a different asset class than a treasury. Absolutely. Yeah. So they, yeah, they've been buying treasuries. Yeah. They've been buying corporate bonds. They've been buying mortgage-backed securities at, at a rate of $120 yeah. billion a month with the taper. Mm-hmm. As you said, it's $30 billion a month is the taper. So uh, if they begin the taper, what, in January? Or in December, they start in December. I think they're start. starting this month. Yeah, they're I think starting, they're starting now. this month. So it'll go down. It'll be ninety billion this month, and then sixty billion in January, and then thirty billion in February, and by and by March, and then there'll March be no zero dollars. There'll be no purchases. Yeah. So the markets will return to the Fed not being a big buyer. And then what'll happen as the market starts to stabilize, and in theory they try to suck as the Fed tries to suck money out of the market, they're going to do two yep. things. They're going to raise rates. Two There's to three. now talk about three rate. Two to three, two to three. In 2022. And the next one is they can actually start reversing that their purchases. They can start putting the bonds that they bought back onto the market if they really want yes, to. Yes, exactly. Well, so like um, when the government buys bonds, let's think about how this happens just because I really want to dumb it down. Mm-hmm. When the government buys $120 billion of bonds and or mortgage-backed securities, basically they're expanding their balance sheet. And what they're doing is they're adding money supply into the economy. Yep. When there's more money supply, obviously inflation goes up. And they've been doing this $120 billion a month for a long time. So every month, $120 billion has been going into the economy. So when we talk about inflation, yeah. which we have been talking about for a long time, when we said the Fed needs to taper, that's what we're talking about is, hey guys, stop buying so many securities because you're just flooding the market with, with all this money. Essentially, it's, yeah. I think we were in February, we were like, do you guys want inflation? This is how you get inflation. And now yes, we've got inflation. Exactly. It's like, okay, guys. And there's two ways. To- yeah, there's two ways the Federal Reserve can influence inflation. One is they can taper. That's pumping money in actively by buying bonds. Every single month, like, like I've been saying. Another thing too is they can lower interest rates or, or raise interest rates. So tapering or I guess bond purchasing at pur- yeah, purchasing so assets of some so kind. Purchases and then there's yeah. interest rates. Yeah. yeah, it's more just an accommodation. Like here, I'll, I'll hurry up and buy bonds. Boom, money in right now. Whereas interest yeah, and rates. That's, yeah. To be, to be fair, the purchase of assets, so the purchase of bonds, that is an extraordinary measure by the Fed. That's not normally what it yeah. wants to do. It's considered an extraordinary measure because it, it involves them becoming an active participant in markets. Whereas if they're just affecting interest rates and like the so interest rates on the overnight loans on everything on on all the interest rates as they set them. And then as they affect banks, um, reserve requirements and things like that, that's, that's a lot more passive. That's essentially them. They're not actively buying or selling into the market. They're telling banks, Hey, this is how much cash you don't care how you do this. They do, but they essentially just say, look, 
they draw a shape on the board and they say, make this shape to everyone in the room, yeah. to all the banks in the room. Whereas I, I, would, I would consider like the the asset purchases and stuff to be them walking around and going and, and actually editing the shapes on like the, the kids. Or, yeah, I don't exactly. Know. It's it's, it's yeah. a weird. How they pick which assets to buy, I have no idea. I guess and, they don't either. You know, I, I don't really. Yeah, I'm not that confident that they do either. So I guess we're in agreement so, there. So hopefully Gitter um, that answers yeah. your question. That's kind of now that we're out of it, we'll see. Um, Treasury, the Treasury Department can now, because they were given that extension where they were allowed to raise the debt ceiling a little bit, or it was suspended rather for a little while. They were able to just start issuing debt again. So they walked their self, they walked themselves out of it. They made, they made the deposits that they had, they had skipped during that time. So, right. So the idea, the understanding with the U S government is that you're always going to get paid. It's just that, um, the Treasury during extraordinary measures says, Hey, look, I need this cash. I can't pay you right now. Like it's not, it's not an IOU. It's, it's, I have to go do this thing. If I still have the cash, like when I get home. So it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, Hey, I have to go repair my, make a car repair, an emergency car repair. And it's like, it's like, Hey, do you have the $20 you me? Yes, I do. Yeah. I have to go make a car repair. Let me go do that. And if it's, st- and if, and if I still have the $20, I'll get it to you tonight. If not, I'll have to go. It'll be tomorrow. Yeah. On, a, on a on a small scale, it's something like that. Yeah, I know, but essentially, I mean, like you know, if you want to think about it, it's kind of like a repo agreement, right? Yeah, it's also like a more accommodative thing. Like if you, James, for instance, you are late on a car payment and it's coming due tomorrow, and I mean, you're like, Aaron, I need to borrow some money right now. Hurry up! Like, look around at my house, take whatever you want. You can take it for the night, and then you know, when I get my paycheck, I'll buy it back from you. That's what a repo is, essentially. Yeah. Is and, that's, you know, and I, that's I look around a- your house, I grab your Xbox, and I say, okay, it's mine for the night. I own it right now. Here's 500 bucks. You know, the Xbox is mine until you give me 500 bucks back plus interest. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's what happened. But it's just the treasury yeah. doesn't. But now you get to keep your car too. So that's, that's another thing about like what's, what's happening now is like these banks are going like, oh my God, we're, we don't know what's going on because of COVID and all that kind of stuff, you know, which by now you should have figured it out. But yeah, you've, you've had a minute. At one point that, that's what it was like. At the very fair, beginning right? that made sense. It was, they, they yeah. were uncertain. So, yeah, here's $120 billion every single month. Here, here's all this stuff. And it will take all these bonds from you for the moment. Right. And then eventually, you know, it's a repurchase agreement. So at least I think that's um, what it is. I, I actually and, think it was a lot with the Fed. I think it's a lot less repo. I think it actually is legitimately purchases. Really? The Fed can hold it. And if they want to let the, they want to let everything come to term, they can collect the, the money. But yeah. my understanding is they're, they're they hold it out of the market to put liquidity into the market. And my guess is since we're dealing with inflation, waiting to let these things expire isn't what they're going to want to do. They're going to want to start putting these yeah. back into the market to pull liquidity out. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing too is the reverse repo markets are just as insane right now. I mean, the reverse repo markets are like, look kind of like what the repo markets look like back in the- Yeah. And, 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 and you know, to be fair, that, and I think that's why. Yeah. So, personally. but anyways, um, with that said, I think this this whole last week was just really fascinating just because the markets, oh, yeah. the way they reacted to it, they, they reacted to it so positively, which I'm like, why? Like, wh- yeah, why? Yeah, I was a little surprised. Did you not already price this in? Like, as soon as the meeting happened and he, he and Jerome Powell started talking, like, the market shot up on Wednesday. And I was like, why? Because last week, all we talked about was, did was this priced in or not? And we were like, of course it's priced in. Well, it's, like, who doesn't well, think? We, we assumed it was priced in, but then again, we had- um, I was so shocked, though, because I was just like, who literally, like, honestly, who didn't think that this was going to happen? So he announced this, and I was like, okay, like, did we all expect that or what? And the market still were, like, so optimistic about it, they all started buying in. Granted, it didn't last long. But then, but, but, but remember, just, 
Like we also said last week, James Gorman was like, I'm surprised at how much isn't priced in. That's the oh, head yeah. of what, I know. Morgan Stanley? So, yeah, Morgan Stanley. Yeah, MS. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, but to be, so, yeah, like, but, I mean, wonder. but it's still flat. I mean, if you really think about it from now, from then till now, mm-hmm. it's still pretty flat. I mean, it's. Oh, well, yeah, because money's you know, coming out. I mean, now you've got the markets are on the way down. Yeah, exactly. And today was the whole Omicron. Like, I, why, why did the markets go down today? It, it's, so it's so weird. The markets go up, and I'm like, why did it do that? And then the markets go down, like, today because of Omicron. And I'm like, why did it do that? Because if you look at some of the stocks that were up today, Carnival Cruise Lines was one of the names that went up today. And so was American Airlines. But it's Omicron. <laughs> the markets are spooked out over Omicron. Yeah, if you're spooked but by Omicron, American it, should Airlines be, went it should be those that it should be service industry. It should be, yeah. it should be airlines. I mean, it should be cruise lines that, that would go down. Correct, yeah. And instead, it was what? Oil was down today, wasn't I mean, it? They were all down overall. But this somehow leads into our question from someone on Twitter. Was it Twitter? Mr. John Dobbs. Uh-oh. Thanks for tweeting at us. Really appreciate hey, it. I think he works in real estate in New Jersey. Very interactive with us on Twitter, which I really, really appreciate. So thank you so much for doing that. And he asked a great question. And it's related to the Federal Reserve and their taper taper tantrum <laughs> and their announcement to possibly raise rates by I don't know, 25 basis points a time, three times next year. He said, if interest rates go up 1% over the year, which I don't know if it will, I'd be shocked if it did. I'm not afraid to say it. But the question goes, will that have a negative effect on commercial slash residential real estate or is 1% no big deal? So James, um, what do you think? Like if you increase interest rates from whatever you're currently at, yeah, it's gonna, mm-hmm. increasing or decreasing your interest rates is going to affect the value of, of real estate. It, it's not going to be the sole yes. thing affecting it, especially on the commercial side. But on the residential side, it's definitely going to affect it. Yes. But the easiest Absolutely. kind of the easy way to think of it is if you raise interest rates, you're going to, you're going to, you may not lower prices, but you're going to yeah. slow the increase in prices or stabilize the price. Why is that? Well, at half a percent, I don't need as much money to acquire four or five hundred, four hundred thousand yeah. dollars to buy a house. Well, I think what you're saying is, if you raise interest rates, you lower liquidity, you lower access to borrowing. Yeah, access so to I'm willing to I'm willing to so, offer less money. Like, so if I could only pay, if I could only pay exactly. over the course of thirty years, four hundred thousand dollars, and interest rates less are zero, less people are willing to borrow money. And the interest rates are zero. I can borrow I'm more money right now. If interest rates are higher, I can borrow less money because I can only afford to pay again the final terminal amount. Yeah. With commercial real estate. It's a little different, but yeah, but the same basic rules apply. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a little bit different in commercial real estate too, especially now because we're because we're 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 at a point where we're trying to see as a society whether or yeah, not offices are it's all remote, that hybrid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially um, with the whole WeWork fallout, which is yeah. which is a really yeah. funny story. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm on the same page with you. I think I think any sort of increase in interest rates across the board. I think it's going to push down prices just because I think the demand for real estate right now is super high because I think the economy is starting to recover a little bit more. And because the economy is recovering a little bit more, yep. because access to capital is very, very cheap. More people are willing to borrow more people want less to expensive borrow. money. More people want well, to borrow people- more money at a lower rate. So they're yeah. willing to offer more pri- a higher price. They're willing to pay a higher price. Yeah, exactly. Saying they were- and- yeah. So that's, to be that's honest with you, I think he, I, I think Mr. Dobbs, he knows the answer to this question, but he just wanted to hear yeah. our perspective, just to hear. Probably just wanted to well, hear. I think uh, he just wanted to hear what it what it sounds like when uh when you're four shots in because the Cardinals lost to the Lions yesterday. Gosh, that still yeah. hurts me. But yeah, well, the, um, I mean, another no, thing I, is, is it, 
this, you know, if you're in real estate, then you know this, or if you've looked at real estate, yeah. you know this. It doesn't help that there's been a a serious shortage of affordable housing right. in most in most metropolitan areas in this country nationwide. I could I could speak for yeah. it's certainly that way in Orlando, Florida. It's certainly that way in New York. It's certainly that way in, in York, Dallas, Texas, where it's I live. That way in Dallas. Yeah. It's that way in Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln it's is a, yeah, wow. I didn't know Lincoln got hit by. Oh this yeah, too, no. But, uh, I would. Oh, I'm, I'm willing to bet that any any place any any urban concentration of greater than two hundred thousand people is facing a shortage of of okay. affordable housing. Well, there is definitely more than that in Lincoln. But I mean, the way I look at it is like this, right? If you can borrow money for 0.25% and you can take that money and invest it and make 4%, why would you not do that every it time? It would be irresponsible not to, I mean, as long as there's yeah, no balloon on the- um, On inflation. On your interest yeah, rate. Yeah or, yeah, or some sort of adjustable rate. Yeah, as long as you're not adjustable. But yeah. Um, but I really like that question. I mean, that's a really good question. That was question. a fun one. Yeah. And I re- to be honest with you, selfishly, I really hope that it does have this terribly negative effect on real estate prices just because I do want to buy a house. Someday. Yeah. So, I think I think I would like to see- And right now, I don't want to. All, all, I do want to at some you know, point. So these questions all talk to the demand for housing at a given price. Yes. We've seen demand increasing and increasing. We've seen supply fail to catch up. Yeah, so, exactly. Well, even, I mean, even. literally, I mean, I have so many real estate friends in Arizona, in Dallas, in Lincoln, Ohio, California, Denver, Colorado, and they always post on Instagram because they're trying to promote their business and stuff like that. And I always, I follow them, I support them, I like their posts all the time just because I want them to do well. They're my friends, of course. I'm going to like all of their posts, you know. But they talk about the real estate market in their local area. And all they say is inventories are low, inventories are low. Which, when that happens, what's going to happen to prices? They're Think about up. it this way: if there are three gallons of milk and there are six people that want to buy it. What's going to happen to that price of that one gallon of milk? The yep. same thing with houses. That's exactly so, right. So, it's so a bit more. So, any other questions this week? Or? That was fun. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. I think we did. I think we were- Yes, we did. We had one more, uh, and it was from the guy whose name we cannot pronounce. Oh, no. Yes, it's from- We were supposed to answer it last week, and we didn't. Anyways, here it is. Oh, it's Tessa Spearn. Uh, he had a question about clothing giants claiming total ownership over the goods they sell you even after you paid for it. That's- that's what it was. Remember that? So that, yeah, I, I do. And that one, because we yeah. talked about that for a second and then say so we're going to talk about this week, as I recall. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So that's, it's a really interesting one because you've got um, the online stores, store places, uh, storefronts like Etsy and the rest um, reacting every time they're given a, it's not necessarily copyright, but um, every, every time a, a clothing manufacturer yeah. indicates that there's, there's, there's a trademark is, infringement, yeah. you've got these places that shut the stores down for, you know, several, several days, at least several days. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be like, it'd be like, down to is it's it'd be like if a Ford dealership tried to shut down a used car lot for used selling car, a Ford. Yeah, for selling an F one fifty or a Mustang. Yeah, and I mean, but it, I mean, it, but it's like if Goodwill, for instance, like if you if you ran a Goodwill, and I'm trying to think of like a bougie clothing brand, like a Hugo Boss, someone, right? So someone like, donates, someone donates a name brand, you know, jacket to a Goodwill. Goodwill advertises it online, and suddenly that name brand comes in and says, "Hey, uh, we need to shut this down because we think it's." Um, because it's yeah. trademark infringement. And I think it's disingenuous in most cases because in almost every case, because things don't fall off trucks. So yeah. if someone buys something from you, you have sold it. You have lost constructive and creative control of that specific item. Yeah, but um, but if you decide to make a suit and it looks exactly like the Giorgio Armani suit or Well then uh, I have to go I, and label it Armani and say it's Armani. So that's where it becomes that's where that's where they have a point. It's trademark infringement. They can take a piece of fabric and I can have someone else take similar fabric and cut the sa- and, and measure and cut the same way. Yeah, and exactly. it's that's not trademark infringement. That's a suit. But my thing is, if Goodwill made a suit exactly like the way Giorgio Armani made the suit, took the recipe, took the materials exactly the same, and they started selling these suits for seven hundred dollars, 
and they made them themselves, obviously only that's if, a big no no. Only if they call right? it only if they say it's Armani. If they say this is the Goodwill suit, you'd but have to but, you'd have to litigate it in court. But they ha- yeah, of but, course, but they have to say it's Armani and they have to cook up the profits to Armani. In that case, okay. That's fine. one thing. You know, it'd be like if I wrote a song and it just so happened to sound exactly like Enter Sandman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It has the same lyrics, it has the same tone and all that. That's kind of a stuff. legitimate infringement. Yeah, and I, and I say, no, this is this is Exit Light by Aaron Wong, not not Enter Sandman by Metallica. It's obviously no no no. Yeah, no. it's, that's, it's that's so, so cool, some of you right? may some of you may or may not recall, or if you haven't, um let me rephrase this. Most of you will not recall the Queen versus Vanilla Ice debate. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I mean, there's so many of those debates, right? But I mean, music is also uh, is is tough because it's yeah, it's patterns. You know, I mean, Led Zeppelin, like, Led Zeppelin, like one of my favorite bands of all time, easily. I mean, they're they're accused more than anybody in the world of having more ripoffs than anybody. Yeah, and I totally get it, but. Music is tough because if it sounds similar, but it's not the same, if it's in a different key, different time signature, yeah. drum beats different, whatever different. it is, then it's like, well, is is it the same or is it just based on this, is it influenced by this guy or is it just, yeah. it's just a basic blues riff, right? Because the basic so, blues riff is in so many different, what all, what all, So, so kind of to, for those of you that are wondering what the, what the whole justice is, it's, yeah, it's, it's um, clothing manufacturers going after yes, yeah, smaller <laughs> boutiques that, yeah. that are using their products to set up like a style. Yeah, it's been so the like, boutiques they're going after. They've, yeah, they've acquired like, the world, they've acquired but. used stuff from, um, they've gone thrifting and they've, uh, they've found like, oh, I found this Armani jacket and I found these, um, I don't know, pants from some other insurance. I don't know. If you ever meet me, you'll be like, oh, this guy know. clearly does not understand fashion. If you meet um, me, you'll be like, this guy clearly does understand fashion. Why, and why he chooses not to be fashionable is beyond me. <laughs> I <know>. um, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just oh, man. fucking with you. Yeah. But yeah, so these places uh, have, put, have put things together and um, they set up outfits and now these places are coming. And now they, the original manufacturers coming in and going, oh, they're infringing in our trademark because they're creating new fashion using our products. And the thing in the end is, is, well, it's used. Someone else bought it and we bought it from them. We're not manufacturing it ourselves. We're not doing any of that. It's used product. So, and we and we clearly say it's used product. Yeah. So you can't make that claim, and they're making the claim. And so, it, what it boils down to is the you've got the original manufacturer getting upset. They're missing out on sales, and they're trying to shut down legitimate businesses. And so, it'll be interesting yeah. to see because uh, you know you've got Etsy and places that are that are yeah, but it's like blocking. small boutique stores too. So it's like oh yeah, and well, I do. Well, I love will happen, boutique stores. What will happen in the end is. There'll be a class action suit against one of the big ones that's doing this, and then we'll get a precedent ruling out of the federal courts. And the yeah. federal courts will almost certainly rule that it's not trademark infringement. They aren't. They've taken product that you actively sold, that you knew you were losing constructive control of, and they put it yes. together into a different outfit. You can't claim that you yes. still have some sort of right and yes. ownership of something you sold. Exactly. So, I mean, I love the question. That's that's. But really it is a good question. Yeah, it's a good question because yeah. it is kind of a gray area in law. It really is. It speaks it's, it's a great, in a similar it's vein. It's like music, to the, but it's not like music. But it's you know, I buy an album from you. It's it'd be like that if I if mm-hmm. I bought the and just for all album by Metallica from you, and then I took it and I sold it to somebody else. That's okay. Yeah, it's absolutely Metallica like, hey, we need to we need a percentage of that profit. The, you can't. Not they already got the percentage. You can't, of the you can't buy something from us and then sell, and then sell it to yeah. and sell it on. So it's, that's it's, not fair. It's like that now versus me um, downloading. Burning copies, me burning of, copies of CDs of, of and me downloading it effectively and burning it and then giving it and, and then selling it to her. Now that's a different and then, issue. Yeah, and then you open up your own music store and you're selling burnt copies like albums, of yeah. for all. Yeah, it's like that's that's well, a whole different issue. I mean, because yeah, I mean, I like Led Zeppelin four, but I'm a little sketchy buying this for a dollar from you, right? You know, so yeah, short of a garage sale. Yeah, you know, that's not. I, I have the vinyls. So I'm just saying, but yeah, whatever. Anyways, yeah, it's it's like that. It's a good question. Um, but with that said, I want to talk about real quick. 
because I think this is a big question because we talk about China all the time. We do. And, I think and China if China is really shooting themselves well, they, they've got they've clearly got some issues with their developers. A big one for me that I noticed this last week was that um hang on, I want to get the names absolutely right because they are not creative. Oh, uh, is that, uh or I'm sorry, China, China Fortune Land Development, for, for, another developing development. firm, yes. uh which is also dealing with serious liquidity issues and has also wow. got some serious issues with its debt. And mm-hmm. it said flat out that they uh, that they need to restructure their debt. They have they have also defaulted on um, billions of dollars in bonds this month. Well, because what happened was three hundred thirteen uh, million dollars disappeared out of nowhere because some VC was like, "Hey, we need this well, money for this project." Well, and no, then, what, no, what no, what really was? happened? So, so what it looks like what happened is that they they knew they needed to restructure their money or restructure their funding, so they gave three hundred thirteen million dollars. That's what it to was. a money manager. They were a money man. I thought they were a VC. No, like no, an no, 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 no. Um, but okay. It's a money manager. So it's not a venture capital capitalist, but a money manager. And the money manager in question is trying to create capital limited, um, which was supposed to have invested this money on their behalf to create cash for them to help pay for their... So they had the debt beforehand and they were already going to default, but they needed to... They put their money with someone else to invest it to try and get more cash flows in to help pay off the coupons and such. And so now they're out $300 million because the money manager... Nowhere to be found. Um, On top of that, Citibank... They favored Taiwan for its Asian sales. What, is it, what was that? For Taiwanese bank picks favorite. So, um, oh, ta- Citigroup yeah. is looking to sell several Asian markets, right? So assets in several Asian markets. Um, yeah. So they have assets in Thailand. They have assets in India. They have assets in China. Of course. I mean, w- what major Japan, bank doesn't? Korea, right? So Japan, they, they obviously have global right. interests, and they're looking to. Um, they're looking to sell. I think. I think they're saying something like two billion dollars worth of assets. Yeah, three, three billion. Well, yeah. So it's. Yeah. That is three billion. That is the headline. Uh, so when they're doing that, they what they means is that they're trying to sell, yeah. and they pick essentially a buyer. So they choose who they're going to sell the assets to. Uh-huh. And why do you do that? You could just sell to the nearest to the best seller, or you can yeah, sell the highest bidder. Yeah. And so what they've done is um, in Indonesia they pick United Overseas Bank as their preferred bidder, yep. right? So the preferred bidder. In Malaysia they picked Standard Chartered PLC. In Taiwan, they picked Fubon Financial Holdings, Holdings Co. for its Chinese its bidder for Chinese assets. Yes, so that's that's so, the most fascinating part. Yeah, they picked a. They picked it, a Chinese, it's interesting. They picked Taiwanese bank yeah, as as their bidder, bidder for Chinese assets. Correct. So, so I, my favorite part about that is that if Xi Jinping gets angry about it, oh, why'd you pick Taiwan, not China? This is where it gets dicey. This is where it gets yeah. dicey. But for me, it's very funny because if if she openly gets angry and says, "Why'd you pick Taiwan, not China?" That's him openly admitting that Taiwan isn't part of China, that it's independent. Yeah. Versus if he exactly. says, "Oh, we're glad that the, that the province of Taiwan, Ty- yeah. you know, that Taiwan has been picked as blah blah blah, or this blah. or this Taiwanese so bank yeah, has been picked, yeah, so right. It's, it's good to it's good to keep this yeah. you know kind of thing in China. It's, it's I mean, obviously yeah. they don't pay taxes to him, and he doesn't. Yeah, he's not going to get anything out of it. But yeah, and to me, like you know, when we were talking before the mics were hot, this creates kind of two, like a really good positive outcome and a really bad negative outcome. Yeah. So so let's start with the negative one. Like the negative outcome oh, is yeah. obviously. We're pretty much, the U.S. is pretty much saying, look, we're going to go into Taiwan, and if you want access to these assets, then you got to come into Taiwan. So it makes China's desire for Taiwan even greater, which makes me worried because I really don't want China to invade Taiwan. No, I don't think I, I don't think that I don't would, think anyone wants. That. No, yeah, obviously. So, but the thing is, like, once they realize that, okay, wait, do we need to make a statement to the world that Taiwan is China, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, 
So if City has already gone to Taiwan, let's say Deutsche Bank, RBC, JP Morgan, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, they all go into Taiwan. All of a sudden, it just makes China really want to be like, okay, hold on, what, what, hold on, what's going on here? Well, now it makes know, it makes of, them want Taiwan to be annexed into China even more. And, and the issue is, so so part of this I think might be a a response to the Hong Kong election. Yeah, those of you that yeah, don't know, Hong yeah. Kong had their election. This you're listening to this Thursday. Too. This would be Sunday night, Monday morning. So Hong Kong had the first of the Patriots-only elections. Patriots-only, fascinating. Um, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine if, if, there, so, if the election here was Patriots-only? Yeah, well, uh, they're all Patriots, Aaron. <laughs> they're all Patriots. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, the, the Patriots-only election so the Patriots in China. Election in, in, in Hong Kong. So what that means is if you wanted Hong to be, Kong, yeah. if you were elected in Hong Kong, or if you were on the ballot this most recent round, you are a candidate who was approved by Beijing. Let that settle in. Yep. To be on the ballot, you had to be approved by the government. So at this point, any idea that Hong Kong is a democracy is now over. I would uh, five be willing, countries. So yeah. Australia, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, um, the United Kingdom, and the United States all issued statements essentially saying, stating concern about just the breakdown of democracy well, in Hong Kong. I'd be willing to admit that it's not a good look. It's not. It, it, was a it was a joint statement from all the countries that said essentially this is an erosion of democratic elements of the special administrative region's electoral system. On top of that, Hong Kong's turnout, uh, voter turnout, was an, it was a historical low of 30%, which is lower than it's yeah, ever been. And so essentially at this point, people in Hong Kong are saying, I would imagine that anybody looking there is saying this is not a legitimate election. Of course not. So if you thought the elections in America were rigged, well, I uh, uh, ain't seen nothing yet. It gets worse. So, Let's just put it that way. There it is gets still worse. Hong Kong. So right? I, I think, yeah, you, you may start to see banks move into Singapore more, move into yeah, but, Taiwan more. Well, and that's the thing is there's that capital flight with, we, we just say the whole offshore asset. So um, historically what we've looked at is there hasn't been, there has been capital flight from Hong Kong. It's not right, huge, yeah. but there has been, people have been pulling uh, their it's, capital it's, out it's of been, Hong Kong. This year it's been pretty big. It, it has. In, in 2021, yeah. well, it's Well, because people see big. this coming. So, this law was passed early. This law was passed a while ago. For those of you wondering what kicked off the riots, there were a few things but uh kelly lamb who's running who's running hong kong right now is not particularly popular it would seem of course not go figure yeah hong kong also has a very weird democratic system in which where do the people in this where do the seats get elected from because like 30 percent of them come from businesses you have to get to be elected by businesses not by why was kelly lamb on the um, ballot that's that, that blows me away but then again, I don't, I don't know that much about policy issues in China. I mean, like the thing is, yeah, there's been a capital flight out of China. As you can see, that all see, the well, Chinese see the markets. markets have, yeah, I mean, it's in a hurry, but I feel like it's coming out of equities. It's obviously going to come out of equities before before you see else. other things. And so, so but, here's how here's how kind of you, if you looked at the kind of the history of like flight out of Hong Kong, what you're seeing is um, people are offshoring their profits, right? So. If you have, if you had yeah, say, just the profits, so right. if you had a hundred dollars in Hong Kong, if you had, if you had a hundred million dollars invested in Hong Kong and whatever the return it was giving you, you were going to offshore, you're going to take that off. You're going to take that money. You're going to invest it in Singapore. You're going to invest it in Korea, in Taiwan, in Japan, Japan, in the United States. Right. You take that money, you get, you take your profit and you'd go invest it somewhere else. Whereas mm. um, you were, you'd leave your initial, you'd leave your basis in place, your hundred million dollar basis in place. We haven't, yeah, we, have we started keep, yeah. to see a little bit of that people pulling out their basis too and reducing what they're investing in Hong Kong. I think we're going to start see, especially with, you know, again, remember, it's still 26 years too early based on the original treaty for, yeah. for Beijing to be involved in any sort of internal metric of Hong Kong. 
Obviously, since day one of Beijing owning Hong Kong, that's been out the window. Yeah. They've been they've been just slowly trying to, yeah. and now they're speeding up. It's it's not even. Let's put it this way: when it is a Patriots election, the only people that can <laughs> run for office are approved by Beijing. By, Any yeah. farce that this is still a democratic country with dem- or a democratic Obviously, region with a democratic process is out the window. Yeah. It's gone. If Queen Elizabeth yeah. II is the only person, as she is the only person who can be queen at the, of the United Whoa. Kingdom, if there was an election for queen and she was the only person allowed to stand, <laughs> it's not a real it's election. A, yeah, exactly. There's, there's only I mean, one country that I know of that has um, a system that has a basis of this. You guess which country it is, and let me tell you, I'll, I'll give you some hints. The prime minister has to, so there's, there's a president and a prime minister. Is it Russia? It's not. Good try, though. Thank you. Uh, yeah. That, Russia's also a great country for like- you, you want to vote for president, it must be Putin, yes? Now <laughs> I can never visit Russia. But the country yeah. I want to use is the Lebanon. And it's that oh, it's yeah. the president has to be a Christian and the prime minister has to be a Muslim. Weird, yeah. But the other thing too is like, I, I think the positive thing is like, I think once all these other countries, like once, if Deutsche Bank goes in there. Yeah, once if, the other banks start yeah, to put- you know, All these English banks, French, German, all these different banks start going in there into Taiwan. It's like, well- there's a lot of, you know, vested interest in Taiwan. So at the same time, you know, if China were to ever invade, well, we got plenty of people in South Korea and Japan nope. and all that kind of stuff. And so do I think other countries. That's very, Japan and China sure, or Japan and South Korea, it's I mean, very much a U.S. presence. There's no there other might, presence there aside might from be the some U.S. UN, I don't believe, I, not in Japan. I can say no to Japan. Yeah, but in South Korea? There might be a U.N. presence, but I don't believe so. Okay, well, either way. You know, even if there isn't, I still think because of all the vested interest, you know, to be oh, honest yeah. with you, if Citibank goes in there, I hope to go in there with, with everybody else because yeah. I think it would protect Taiwan a lot more. And I want Taiwan to be protected. It, it, it increases and, and, the- And everybody does. Everybody should at least want Taiwan to be protected. If, if, if money, if, if you start to see capital move from Hong Kong to Taiwan, that does create a risk because you see, I, I know what you're talking about. It creates, it increases the, the stakes because you suddenly have China seeing- a flight to what it considers a renegade province. Mm-hmm. And so that would increase their... The problem is they want to invade and take it back and say, this is ours now. You're keeping the money here, right? And of course, the, the banks yeah. are going to go, no, we went there to avoid your interference. Yeah. And then he's going to go... That's the reason why like, we picked Taiwan. That's, that's why we didn't pick a Chinese bank. Correct. Or even a bank in Hong um, Kong. You know? Yeah. Now, at the same time, that increased risk factor comes from both sides because now you have a huge amount of exposure to other to western banks let's call it yeah. and the western banks would turn to the to the government and go hey you're not going to let them break our stuff right like you well, you actually do have plans to yeah. to keep the current order hopefully and that's yeah. that, that's kind of like the big look that's cross our fingers but my thing is that all it's really doing is it's really pulling this tug of war over taiwan it's making that more intense well, tension, it, it'll be interesting because it, it's it's really heightened that tension. It would be, it would be very so. funny. Is it, if to me it would be very funny if it were to somehow compel Xi Jinping to make a mistake. And like I said, like I said <laughs> earlier, let's just say like for him to be like, why would well, you, why would you put that overseas and not in a Chinese bank? And I'm like, so you admit Taiwan's not China, yeah. okay? So if you're going to admit it. And here we go. Let's make a move. Somebody make a move. Let's get this over with. Honestly, actually, I'd rather China just be like, all right, fine. We don't own Taiwan. Stop you know, it, it does make me wonder. I mean, aside from the fact that I don't think they will. So no, it, it does make me wonder why they want Taiwan so badly. Like, why? Why does anybody else want Taiwan? Like, wh- why does the Western world want Taiwan to not be in China? And why does China want Taiwan to be? Well, in Taiwan China? doesn't want to be in China, and I think that's kind of exactly. But why does the Western world not want that? Right? 
Why so do they want them to not be in China? Well, it's it's they want to contain China. They also yeah, the, the Western world to is going to say, well, we want. I mean, Ch- Taiwan is its own country. We want Taiwan to be its own thing, right? That's what they're going to say, obviously, because that's what that's how politicians talk. Yeah, but really, the main reason why they don't want Taiwan to be part of China is because there's so many business interests in Taiwan. I mean, mm-hmm. is there a better place in the world with semiconductors? I mean, like they they produce really. the best in the world, and that's what that's where the world is headed. Is the you know, demand for semiconductors is going up? So yeah. obviously, we want Taiwan to not be controlled by China. Well, speaking so, yeah. of demand going up, you might as well take some time, jump over to our uh, to our merch shop, check it out at um, drunkenomics.myspreadshop.com. Is that what you is said? That what it is. Drunkenomics.myspreadshop.com. Is that what you said? I think that's what I said. I hope yeah, that's my, what I my said. My ears are starting to get a little fuzzy right now because it's about that time of day. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say my tongue's getting a little fuzzy because it's about that time of night. Oh, gosh. Wow, you really are playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. But yes, drunkenomics.myspreadshot.com. That is where you can get the best Christmas merch ever. The literally licensed, the only licensed drunkenomics merch that there is. Yeah, and, exactly. We got hoodies. You know, it's, I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. We got hoodies. We have mugs. We have travel mugs. I'm running out of ideas T-shirts. here. T-shirts. T-shirts. Uh, oh, we do. If, if they haven't been taken down yet, we still have baby bibs. If you yeah, have, <laughs> we got those If you have too. young children, if you have, or if you have a cousin or relative, we have a baby bib you can get for them. That, I mean, is it inappropriate? Spreadshop says yes on one of them. But. On the other. Exactly. No, <laughs> apparently it's fine. So, I mean, I guess. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, so if you or somebody you know has a baby coming due in the new year, oh my gosh. Let's make sure that baby make stays drunkenomical. Let's drunkenomical baby Let's there is. Let's do it. Right? Let's make it happen. From there, you can also find us on Patreon. That's P A T R E O N dot C O M slash drunkenomics. Here, you Yeah, you can help and us keep the lights can... on, the other cabinet stocked, the ice frozen, and yeah. just us in, in general, in, in good spirits. Yes, seriously, literally in good spirits. Wow. Uh, see what I, I did there? <laughs> see what you did there, Matt. I think you hit the nail on the head, dude. I'd, I'd apologize on. for that horrible so, joke, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> no one was asking for an apology, so you're all good, my man. <laughs> yeah. And with that said, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, uh, make sure to find us on Instagram or the Metaverse or Twitter. Um, at Drunkonomical and of course join the great conversation join the discord, discord yeah, yeah. <laughs> with that said um, I just want to say I hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas stay safe remember to play chestnut checkers like James was doing earlier because he's more gracious absolutely but yeah, so I filled and killed I'll try to play chestnut checkers um, I won't brag I'll just say and uh, I think the only thing left for everyone to do this week is to just uh, yeah keep it Drunkonomical stay Drunkonomical this yeah. season and Hopefully we see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Cheers, my friend. Cheers.